This is the Mealtime Magic and Mayhem podcast. I'm Trisha Clark, your host, cooking coach, and kitchen mentor. We're here to talk about all things food, wine, travel, cocktails, and mealtime memories. So many memories are made around the table. We all know mealtime can be stressful, full of chaos and mayhem, but it's also the universal connector, a catalyst for communication and connection, and a time to create magic and memories. So many of our memories are tied to food, and I can't wait to share some of those stories with you here. I'm here to share ideas, inspiration, and stories to help you experience mealtime with a dash of magic and just a sprinkle of mayhem. You can expect new episodes weekly, including a mixture of interviews, personal stories, and some fun conversations about our adventures and misadventures in the kitchen and around the table. I hope you walk away feeling inspired to try something new in your kitchen or around your table to create more connection with your friends, family, and beyond. Thanks for being here. All right, welcome back to another episode of Mealtime Magic and Mayhem. We are on season two, and today we have a truly special guest who's all about self-development, embracing the joy of life. I think you're absolutely going to love her bubbly personality. We're going to dive into the concept of self-friendship, and she's going to tell you more about that and how it can transform your relationship uh, with yourself. But also, I really think it translates into mealtime and cooking. So our guest, Blizzard Planet, is here to share her unique perspective on self-discovery and living life to the fullest. So grab your favorite snack, and let's continue this journey of self in the first few episodes this season. And so, Blizzard, you're our first guest interview of the year. Oh my God, I'm super cool. excited to have you. Thank you. Right? I'm so happy to be here, Trisha. Those that have followed through season one, that I talk a lot about cooking is not just a way that we nourish others, but it's a way we nourish ourselves and practice self-care. It's a big, big part of my own self-care process. And I refuse to cook foods that I don't like or that I don't eat. And I've done that while raising children and having a family. It can be done because if I don't enjoy it, I'm bringing that energy to the table. All that said, we're going to continue this conversation of self-care with Blizzard. She is a force of nature I have recently met and born during the record-breaking New York City Blizzard of 1996. She's no stranger to unexpected surprises. Blizzard has worn many hats in her career from being Fran Drescher's executive assistant, how cool is that, to becoming a voice actor, author, creative director, and now a new podcast host. But what truly sets her apart is her platform, Planet Butter, where she hosts her podcast and her mission of United Individualism. She's here to remind us that we can meet ourselves every day and find joy in the things we love. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I really am. Our conversations have been so fun so far, and y'all, I'm just going to be fully transparent. You don't have any idea what rabbit hole or rant or tangent we might go on. Roll <laughs> with it, enjoy it, have fun with us. I've got some questions lined out to try to keep me from acting like a rabid squirrel, but we just <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. It is. We, we never know. It's an active spiral. <laughs> so I love to start every interview off with a table topics question. These are questions that I ask everybody that comes on. They're questions I ask at my table. I take them to girls night. I take them on date night. I'm a little bit of a nerd about it because I think that they help us get to know our people and our friends on a different level and outside of the standard. How is work? How is your day? How's the weather? Do you have any trips planned conversations that like we just seem to have like on repeat? 
Totally. And so this season, I'm picking one question that I'm going to ask everybody who comes on the show. And the question this season is, what are your most treasured family recipes? Mm. Love that question. Very fun. One is my mom's ice cream pie. We would have it for dessert regularly. It did not need to be a special occasion, which I think is important to emphasize. <laughs> because it was very frequent. And she would just get the biggest possible pints of our favorite ice cream, whatever, like so, sometimes we would choose three different ones. I have two siblings, so three of us. And so she would want to make sure we're all happy. So everybody's flavors are in one place and we got to choose our candy or like whatever was in there. So I usually Reese's peanut butter cups, naturally, and Oreos were like my go-to. And then sometimes mm. peanut M&Ms too, if you notice a trend on the peanut side. Yeah. So that's I don't know. That peanuts, planet butter, Reese's. I feel like there's a common theme for you here. Big trend, big trend. <laughs> <laughs> I've been obsessed with peanut butter since I was born. <laughs> Hence the world made out of peanut butter, planet butter. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. I love that. And I love that you've said one, a couple of things you pointed out that I think is really important for our listeners to hear is one, it didn't have to be a special occasion. It was just making really interesting, memorable moments, right? Totally. Two, it was personalized, but yep. simply personalized by having your favorite candies around. Yep. The third thing that I picked up on that is there was no cooking involved, but it's still a mm. recipe. Your mom put it together. It was personalized and everybody could have their own version without yeah. a ton of extra effort. hundred percent. Yeah. That's great observations actually that I said that because yeah, I think it not being a special occasion just made it always a special occasion, which is something that I try to live by in any area. Like if you're alive, it's a special occasion. So enjoy it. She's our mom. So it's like to give us that type of love through food is like, imperative in my opinion mm -hmm. as I imagine you agree and so yeah that personalization was really really crucial yeah my mom always said if it comes out of your kitchen it's homemade yes. right so even though she didn't have to cook anything there wasn't some fancy treasured family recipe it's ice cream it's your favorite candies we're mixing it together into something that you love and enjoy or that everybody can enjoy and what I want to point out is there are so many meals that we can do like that. Think baked potato bar, taco bar, nachos. There's so many different ways we can do that on a weeknight meal that's easy. You can address all the food sensitivities that way, right? Totally. You address personal tastes, which does what? Exactly what your mom did for you. Makes you feel seen, loved, and heard. Yeah. And that's 100%. at the end of the day what we all want. Totally. And I do think there's something to say about recipes that are simple like that. I think the simplicity, especially for big families or even small families, anything that's more than one person. And honestly, even as one person, I don't always want to do a whole thing. Like I get it. I can't imagine doing it for multiple people. <laughs> Sometimes just simple recipes that are still healthy rounded meals or unhealthy, delicious desserts. Okay. God bless you. <laughs> they exist exactly. and bring them to the table and make everybody happy and still feel loved to your point. Yeah. I mean, was it night before last? 
our dinner was so good. And here I am, the self-taught home chef. And I don't get me wrong. I love to cook gourmet food. I love plating. I love to get all nerdy with it. I took a bag of Trader Joe's gnocchi that was in a cheese sauce. And then I found frozen peas in the freezer and I had some diced ham in the fridge that we use on chef salad. And I threw it all in a skillet and it was done in six minutes. And it was good. Amazing. We don't have to overthink this shit. Like, no, not at all. My mom used to, (laughs) it was just like different versions of pasta, like (laughs) eggplant Parmesan or chicken Parmesan. It's but literally just chicken, cheese, sauce, throw it in the oven. Go get it later. (laughs) So easy. So easy. I I could go off on a tangent about that all day. (laughs) So let's get back to planet butter. And your really cool perspective on self-development. And I know you've trademarked the term self-friendship, with I, which I think is so cool because we hear a lot about self-love. We hear a lot about authenticity today. And while they all are, they are very important concepts, they almost become buzzwords. And so I love that you've taken a little bit different spin on it. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that means when you use the term self-friendship? Yes. And thank you, by the way, for the compliments. Self-friendship is embracing, understanding, and enjoying oneself. And I really appreciated that you actually highlighted how a lot of the time these types of terms can just become, sorry, what was the word that you used? Buzzwords. Uh, Buzzwords. Yes. So I feel like, especially with self-love, which is something that I I receive a lot when I bring up self-friendship, somebody will say, oh, like self-love. And I'll say, Cause it's like, they'll think that it's interchangeable. It's just like me, maybe just trying to create a new word mm-hmm. and it's really, or a new phrase. And it's really, that's not my goal. Like it's not my goal. It's a byproduct of what I'm doing, but it's not my goal. And the difference is that self love is encompassed within self friendship. And I feel like it self love has become a buzzword. It has become mainstream in a lot of ways in that it's also quite romanticized. So it'll be often accompanied with love yourself so you can love somebody else or so that somebody else can love you. And it's no, (laughs) let's back it up. Love yourself for the sake of loving yourself. And what is the best and purest type of love? A romantic love, even one that has friendship. And so when you simplify it to this idea of friendship, this relationship with yourself and call itself friendship and in practice, embracing, understanding and enjoying yourself, every single day, it becomes so much more than self-love, but it encompasses self-love. You earn your own love and through your self-respect, through showing up for yourself, through all these other types of self-advocacy is the term that comes to mind. And doing that for yourself every single day because you show up differently every single day. And it is up to you to learn about yourself and discover what it is about you that you like, that you don't like, so on and so forth. I love that. And it, it it goes back to, I'm going to say things you enjoy doing by yourself with yourself, right? Maybe that's going on a hike. Maybe that's, maybe it's going to the movies by yourself, right? Sure. Things that you think of as you normally do with friends. When right. I hear you talk about this makes me think a little bit differently. Like it is different than self-care and I'm going to go take a nice hot bubble bath and just have some me time. That's great. Don't get me wrong. I love it, but that's yeah. different than here are the things I would do with a friend. And am I comfortable doing those on my own? Sure. Actually, so I, I want to interrupt just because yeah. one, you're 1000% right that it, and what, so there's a lot of duality in mm-hmm. the world of planet butter and yeah. with 
my message of self-friendship. And I talk a lot about this on my new podcast, which is self-friendship podcast. And the duality is imperative to understand that things can coexist. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're right. It is that self-reflection of can I, do I feel comfortable to do such and such with myself? And it's also just showing up for yourself when you're with other people. So that actually brings me to my, so it goes, you practice your self-friendship to become your party of one, which is having fun with yourself, for yourself, as yourself. And I like to add on that it's anywhere, everywhere, no matter who's there. Party of one is that element of you of that duality, which is you can be by yourself or you can be with other people, but you're still grounded in yourself because you practice self-friendship. So it's this, it plays off of each other and it works into each other as well. Like it builds into each other, but then once you're there, it's still this back and forth play, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that I highlighted that it's both because that is another common misunderstanding is the self-love and being alone. It's no, it's not about being alone. It's about being with yourself, even with other people. Okay. Okay. No, I appreciate that distinction. And I think that recognizing the duality of all of that is, is really important because I think that's one of the things that we can often struggle with is the duality of that. We have such a tendency to think this or this instead of this and this, or this all works together. Yes, totally. And thank you for letting me chime in on that. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I, that's where the passion really starts to rise. (laughs) I love that though. That's that's how you know you're doing what you're supposed to, right? (laughs) That's how you know. So you've explored so many creative fields. You're young and the list of titles and the roles and the hats that you've worn, the creative fields that you've been in is so cool. And it's so obvious that you have this playful approach to life. How do you think this sense of adventure and playfulness can really translate into our relationship with food and cooking? I have to bring it back to the food because it's the Mealtime Magic Kingdom podcast. Of course. (laughs) So I genuinely... To your point, I do show up with immense playfulness. Cheers. Um, <laughs> everywhere I go. And mealtime. I fucking, pardon me. Can I curse? I fucking, I fucking love food. And, I, <laughs> and to look at it as an opportunity for creativity. It's like you're combining, like you're combining ingredients. That's creativity, period. Mm-hmm. Even if you're following a recipe, like you're acting on your creative like initiative with your food whether you know it or not so you may as well choose to know it and add a little bit more intention of playfulness Mm -hmm. to this and so I think that's where it shows up it's and what you were saying at the beginning with you which I loved is that you won't make anything that is not something you also enjoy for your family if I understood correctly yes (laughs) and I fucking love that and I respect the hell out of it because I think a lot of the times that the playfulness could be lost is when people, and in general, but especially with mealtime, is when you're not, with anything, if you're not doing something that you like love and enjoy, of course it's going to become un- unenjoyable. Yeah, it becomes um, mundane, right? Yeah, and that's totally. that, that, that space yeah. is actually what really... And I'm not going to go off on a tangent because this is your interview, but that space, living in that space is really how this business of mine was born, honestly, because I was in that mundane space and I was like, this sucks. I'm putting 
all of the expectation for my happiness on other people to enjoy what I'm cooking. And I'm not enjoying the process myself. This is backwards. Maybe I'm actually creating the situation that I don't want. Yikes. And that's the thing too, is like the food won't be made with love if you're not loving it when you're making it. No. <laughs> and that's, that's another element of play is like with play to the point love is self-love is encompassed within self-friendship mm -hmm. play in your food when you show up with playfulness you're automatically giving love that's that's a part of a loving energy is playfulness like mm -hmm. i'm basically just a ball of love like i'm a ball like i a, and i'm a really a disco ball of self-reflection but that's, that's, <laughs> my, that's my protagonist that's the whole joke of on planet butter and my like the upcoming book <laughs> but <laughs> i didn't mean to go there but Yes, it's just by showing up as a playfulness, like with play, sorry, at showing up with playfulness in the kitchen is something I feel like people are doing unconsciously. And so mm. if they do it more consciously, then the playfulness will become obvious to them. But because yeah. it's naturally a creative act, combining ingredients, you, I believe you are showing up with playfulness, even if you don't know it. you are. And I think you hit on something with this positive ball of energy or disco ball. I, it's funny. It's not that long ago. I, I made a joke to somebody that I was a broken disco ball and I wish I could remember the context of it. Well, I say it was disco funny because I didn't really feel broken, but it was a joke and it was Sorry. funny, but it's just funny that we've now both referred to ourselves as disco balls. That is really funny. So I say disco ball of self-reflection because yeah. my protagonist in my stories and for my brand, like the mascot is mm -hmm. Blissy, a disco ball of self-reflection because it's you self-reflect to self-connect self-friendship. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh. Where was I going with that? See, here yeah. we go. Sorry about that. So you had the okay. broken, you said you felt like a broken disco ball. Yeah, that, that was a broken disco ball that day. And I can't even remember what the whole, anyway, it was funny, but I can't, but it's just funny because that term of the disco ball and you think self-reflection. And I think, I also think of a disco ball. I think of all these shades of light. And when you think of a disco, you think of energy. And that's where I was going with this was when you are that bundle of energy, we all know that energy is contagious. And so which energy do you want to spread? Mm -hmm. It's contagious no matter what. So that. which one do you want to bring to the table? Yeah, totally. So, totally. If only people, yeah, yeah. I think adventure and playfulness can really be, it can be as part of this self-friendship it can be part of that family connection whether you're playing in the kitchen together you bring a playful atmosphere to trying new foods there's so many ways that you can bring that sense of adventure and playfulness in there but the other thing i want to add is with that sense of adventure and playfulness yes you will have food that doesn't turn out and that's okay yeah because even bad food creates hilarious stories that will be told for years Usually, yeah. And that's the goal I feel is for it to whether if it's great, it's a story. If it's bad, it's a story. And it's right. like li living life, everything is made up of stories, right? Yeah. So I think that's a really great point you bring up, actually. Oh, speaking of which, can you think of before we move on to the next question, can you think of a really crazy kitchen mishap that's become a story in your family or for you? I have two. Okay. Nothing First one, my mom made this casserole as a kid and I don't even know how to make it. Nobody's ever been able to make it. Maybe she didn't even use a recipe, but nobody, none of our siblings have ever been able to perfect it. But there was one time my sister tried and yeah. you're supposed to top it with paprika. 
or I think you stir paprika in maybe with the meat or tomatoes or something. And then you sprinkle some on top and she totally messed up and used cinnamon. Oh, <laughs> really savory, savory, um, casserole. I would try that. It wasn't good. <laughs> there are places where sweet and savory and cinnamon plays really well. This sure. casserole with tomatoes and cream corn and rice and ground beef was not it. Okay. <laughs> the other one is shortly after starting to date my husband and he had a house, he was super responsible and had a house. And so I was going to impress him. And he had one of those like cool little cast iron things that you get your fajitas on at the Mexican restaurant. Yeah, totally. And we're like 26. Anyway, I thought I was going to show off and making this really special meal. And I decided I was going to cook fajitas. And the next thing I know, there's fire and I panic. And well, so what do I do is I pick up that pan and take it off the burner to stop the fire and set it down on the counter and burned a hole in his brand new countertop. Like he'd hardly been in, hadn't been in the house anytime at all. So between starting a fire in the kitchen and then burning holes in the countertop and like, <laughs> we're like weeks in, it's a miracle I'm married. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I was not born with what these cooking we... skills. Okay. What did you do? I don't, I think I was just like, oh shit. And I'm like trying to cover it up with a hot pad or whatever. I'm like, there's no hiding it. Like he's going to move. You had been dating like, for a little bit. A couple weeks. Oh, oh that's it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a good tell though, how he responds to that. Did he laugh? Did he, or. Yeah, he did. I mean, I'm not going to say far. he wasn't annoyed, but clearly it wasn't a deal breaker. We've been married 27 years. Oh, I meant maybe he would be the deal breaker depending on how he, <laughs> like for you. Yeah. If anybody was going to be the deal breaker early on, it was That's definitely going to be him going, this bitch is crazy. We're out. That's so funny. <laughs> Anyway, those are my two. You got to have one somewhere. I know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Kitchen mishaps. What? I don't know. Tried to serve raw chicken. You got the turkey that turns out like the Griswolds in Christmas Vacation. Something? Smoke uh, detectors? Fire? No. I'm, I'm a, I can't believe nothing's coming to mind. All right. Well, if you think of it, I want to hear about it. I'm going to put it in the show notes because well, we all have to have one. Time, the, the, the only thing that comes to mind right now, which isn't, it was just me. It was like my first time. I don't know how old I was, maybe 10 or something. And I was trying to make myself a grilled cheese. And I thought it was an electric stove. And I thought that it was on high, but it was on low the whole time. And I was like thinking that it was, I couldn't believe how long it was taking and it wasn't melting and nobody was home. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And it was better that than the other direction. And I know what did he, like, I couldn't believe, like, why didn't I just turn it? And I don't know what, I don't remember what I tried, but I just couldn't believe how long it was taking. And it was just like such a dud moment. Like I didn't, that's the only thing I could think of right now is like me attempting to make a grilled cheese, but it took 30 minutes instead of five. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> or like turning on the wrong burner. I can't tell you how many kitchen mishaps I've had. Oh my God. I'm sure I've had, I don't know why, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. you'll think of one at two o'clock in the morning. Totally, and I'll email Someone call you. me, just send me a message or send, send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, speaking of food in our conversations, you have mentioned that your favorite meal includes pizza and peanut butter. So far, we've not talked about them having them together. However, I have had a have pizza with peanut butter, so with peanut sauce on it, FYI. Say so that it's again. possible. So pizza and I peanut should. butter can go together. 
Totally. I have had a, a, we both said the same thing, but different. I have had a peanut butter pizza before. <laughs> and this, my, I couldn't believe it too. And it's, it was, it was in the last couple of years. So it was while Planet Butter existed. And I was with my best friend in this little mountain town in California. And we couldn't believe that this was on the menu because we were in the middle of nowhere in a mountain, like a mountain town. Yeah. <laughs> like what? There's pizza, <laughs> peanut butter pizza, peanut butter pizza. We were like, okay, obviously we have to get it. So we, <laughs> so obviously. We, and what they did was it was peanut butter as the sauce. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was just, I think it was mozzarella cheese. I don't remember, <laughs> but it was actually good. <laughs> There was no red sauce with it. I feel like mozzarella is honestly, I'm always up for bizarre combos. And I think mozzarella can go with a lot of things because it's like, it's, it has such a pure taste and flavor. Yeah, it's pretty neutral. It's like a new, that's the word, neutral. It has a neutral flavor and texture. I just think because it's, it's categorized as cheese because it is a cheese. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that categorization, I think, limits people's thinking with the way mozzarella cheese can be used. So uh, you just inspired me. I am going to, okay, now I have to create a pizza that yeah. has peanut butter on it. Mm. And I don't know how quickly I can do it. I'd love to throw it in the show notes, but you guys might just have to follow the podcast and stay in touch I really or want follow you. me on the website until I create it and we throw it up there, but I'm going to have to create a pizza recipe with peanut butter or peanut sauce. I can, I, I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to look like. I imagine like chicken satay or something Ooh, with peanuts. That's the thing that I was going to say. So I always get a lot of the time, I will say, I'll get a little bit of an attitude when I tell people what I put peanut butter on because I genuinely, I think peanut butter goes with a lot of things uh, that a lot of people don't think it does. And here's the thing. To your point, a peanut sauce, a lot of dishes use peanut sauce in savory meals so to write off peanut butter is really not cool no, it's wrong okay my question for you is could you give us an unconventional food combination you've tried and loved but i think you just did it check peanut butter pizza. check next please hilarious <laughs> i could go on i i do i try really weird things all the time i i i i, I treat everything with play this is not a joke <laughs> i i'll put anything together i put peanut butter in pasta like it because it's the same thing with noodles it's like they put like, you're right that's, like it, you're it's not a, wrong you're not wrong. i'm not wrong i know <laughs> and even if i was you don't care. i would try it yeah, you yeah, might be wrong like, as far as the rest of the world is concerned, but who gives a shit if it tastes good to you? Exactly. But <laughs> from my perspective, you're not wrong. I can't quite say you're right yet because I, I there's no right or wrong. Test, but I got to put it to the test. Now I'm like, okay, I, I get the point. Now I got to play. The rest of the world, for anyone listening who believes in right and wrong, yeah, wrong. it's not right or wrong. <laughs> Wasn't it the movie Mega Mind where it's like, you're less right? I love that movie. <laughs> My family, we used to, we would always, we like had a universal inside joke about it because what did they say? What's the, okay, now so much for that. It, yeah. what they, they called the city, as they call it like metro, he, like he's, he pronounces something wrong and I'm like, yeah, but he, yeah. He and it's Will Ferrell and it's hilarious, but I can't think of how he And it's so funny. So my family always used to like 
just re repeat whatever the thing was, but I yeah. don't remember. Obviously, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I, you have thrown down the gaunt the challenge gauntlet for me to play with peanut butter in my cooking outside of the sweet side of things. Noted. Mission accepted. <laughs> all right. So for our audience who's listening, give us some ideas. This all sounds great, but like, where do I even start? How can they begin to practice your concept of self-friendship and start meeting themselves every day, given the hustle and bustle of, of life in general, when we're, we already feel like we don't even have time to take the hot bubble bath that everybody or whatever. What are little ways, tweaks that they can start to really get to lean into that? Sure. So I have my Substack, which is planetbutter.substack.com. And I write weekly articles on the topic of self-friendship. And within that, I have pinned at the top, which is free. You don't even have to sign up to access this if you don't want to. Um, but if you want to, I totally invite you. And I have the three core methods to activate your self-friendship. And it's an audio that you can download. That's about a minute and a half, I think. and I find it to be, and I've been told that it's been quite grounding for people as a way to just listen in on three things, which is boundaries, confidence, and alignment. And I give a couple of examples mm. on each. And those are the three core methods that just help you in whatever moment of any time of day, a minute and a half, if you just need to listen and be like, okay, is this an example of where I need to reflect on what my boundaries are. It, oh my God, look at the thumbs up. Oh my God, look at your thumbs up. <laughs> oh, you too. <laughs> so it's, it gives you the opportunity to reflect on, is it one of these three things? Is it my boundaries that I need to reflect on? Is it my confidence I need to reflect on? And is it my alignment that I need to reflect Ooh, on? Oh, I love that. Those are three of my favorite words, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Boundaries is a big part of the goal list for 2024. Oh, great. Yeah. As a recovering people pleaser, boundaries mm, are historically a struggle. So I'm excited to go check it out. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's the best starting place just because it's, those are ways to reflect on yourself and it's so short and it's just something to listen to that it's, I think that's the best yeah. way. And then as far as putting it into action, I actually on my recent, I think it was last week's episode of Self-Friendship Podcast, I talk about, I think I titled it, it's not, don't ask me how, ask yourself what. And that's because ha the how I say is essentially just living. The fact that you're alive is how. You are doing it. You're, you are here, you are being, that's how. The what is asking yourself the various things about what it is that you feel energized by. What do you feel depleted by? What do you like? What don't you like? What makes you feel tired? What that's similar to depleted, but I think you get the gist of it. Yeah, no, they're different though. I feel like okay, they're okay, great. Okay, thank you. So then, yeah, so it's it's asking what what makes you feel tired? What makes you feel versus depleted? Or what makes you feel energized? I said, what makes you pissed off? <laughs> what yeah. makes like what triggers you anything where you can apply the word what works for you and repeat the things that you know, you enjoy, which I also have talked about as a form of if we view everything as a commitment, every single thing that we do as a commitment. I think that'll further establish our self friendship, because you are relying on your own discipline. And it's not to 
it doesn't have to be intense things like going to the gym every single day, getting your meditation every single day. And those don't need to be intense. Hopefully those are joyful for you. But I think that's, those are common things that mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. do as quote unquote solutions. And they can be, but if it's not something you enjoy, then there's other ways to access therapy and access movement in your body that will feel fulfilling to you that can be a different type of commitment. And so it's just a matter of viewing things as a commitment. So it's if you do something that you don't feel good after you do it and you realize, oh, that's a commitment I don't want to recommit to because any commitment is a recommitment, everything like brushing your teeth every day, for example. What's that saying? Like anytime we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else, right? So if you're saying yes to something that doesn't light you up or that you're not enjoying, what are you saying no to? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Thank you for saying that. It's really interesting that you bring that up because I know we've talked about playfulness in cooking, but as we talk about, and I hear you talk about really thinking about what works for you, what doesn't, that is so much of what I do with my clients is because I think we have a tendency to follow these one size fits all solutions out here in the world, regardless of the problem that we're trying to solve. But in this particular case, maybe it's this really strict diet plan or it's this seven day meal plan. And as soon as we go off script because it doesn't feel good, we automatically think that we failed. When in essence, we're to blame and yourself. Yes. And so what we work a lot on is that's not failure. That's realizing that there's something about that doesn't work for you. So what is it? And what do we try next time? Until, because I truly believe that in cooking and meal planning, there is a way, there is a process, there is a strategy that every one of us can find that a piece of it that we enjoy. Will you love it as much as I do? Maybe not. Maybe you will. Maybe it's just finding the part that feels easy and more pleasing to you than the part that you dread, right? And so- take what Blizzard's saying and, and apply that to your thought processes about your meal planning and your cooking. Like maybe you just haven't figured out the part that you do enjoy. And if you need help getting there, that's what I'm here for. Yes. If it's more about self-friendship and you're still like, this sounds great in a minute and a half a day sounds great, but I don't know where else to start. Then you follow, follow Blizzard. She's going to keep you informed of all the things, but I think it's such an important piece of it. It goes back to playful and experimentation, right? Especially experimentation. Yeah. Because sure, not everybody's as outwardly playful as I might be, or as I think everybody has a sense of play, but it Mm -hmm. might show up differently. I'm not saying be like me, obviously. I'm saying to, which is also why it's don't ask me how, ask yourself what, because it's about you discovering you and what, and to your point and to my point, to our point, really, it's what works for you experimenting, as you put it, is. And that's why I say self-friendship is a daily practice too, because it's like, you're going to show up differently every single day. And the idea is to get to a point where each day you are only committing to things that fuel you for the better Mm -hmm. and realizing what you want to recommit to and continuing. And then when something, and it's not to repeat identic, don't, it's not replicating, it's, it's, it's furthering that exploration of the things that you do know you like and make you feel good. Because you don't have to be a bubbly extrovert like either one of us. You could be (laughs) a super quiet introvert, but I know there's still things that you enjoy that light you up. It just may not present itself as outwardly so like some of us. 
which is fine. It's absolutely great. Maybe you just want a three ingredient sheet pan meal, or you just want to sit at home and curl up in a chair with a good book and talk to yourself about it. Do that. Which I also do, by the way, <laughs> like I'm really like, more of an am an ambivert. It's duality. Mm. Yes. And well, the thing with extroversion too is, and I also think I've said I'm an ambivert for a while as well. And I don't know, I'm probably more extroverted than that, but I do require a ton of alone time to recharge. And that's where I'm like, maybe I am an ambivert, but I also like, I get energized by other people and I get energized by myself. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that makes us ambiverts. I think so. I think so. I think, but to the, just to, more to the point of, it's a matter of listening to your own intuition is something that came to me while you were talking. It doesn't need to be an outward display. Your feelings happen internally anyway, yeah. right? Unless you choose, to, unless you express them verbally, the, the sensation is internal. So it's a matter of listening to your body after you do something. Maybe you have a meeting with somebody, check in how you feel after that meeting, after this phone call or after this interview, we hang up and I walk away. And if, if I don't feel energized and oh, I need don't to talk to her again. Yeah. Or it's, oh, wow. That was amazing. I want to go on that podcast every season if I can. It's, but it, and it, it's, and obviously we were leaning into the joke of that, but it's, we energized each other when we started talking, uh, which is why we ended up here and I committed to it and Trisha committed yep. to it. But, <laughs> but it's to that point of that momentary check in because not like we don't have an abundance of time to set aside every single day and think about every single thing. Some of us do, some of us don't. And, it's a matter of making time to reflect, sure. But if you, if, if somebody is adamant, no, I have no time, I'm slammed, I've got work, I've got kids, I've got this, I've got that, whatever the commitments might be, the least you could do for yourself is to literally feel your freaking body. Like walk away from whatever it is you just did and say, how did that make me feel? And like at a red light, you could just mm -hmm. check it. Hi body, <laughs> how am I feeling? No joke. It's no, I know, but at a minimum, I'm just remembering our last conversation, but at a minimum, you have at least a minute and a half on the toilet. Okay. <laughs> I hope so. If Brushing your teeth. Like, yes, we can do two things at one time. You can be brushing your teeth and checking in with yourself. And that like, might be hard. I so know. it's a joke, but it's like a kidding, not kidding. Yeah. It's the, it's it more, so it's the playfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Find your yeah. spot. 30 yeah. seconds. doesn't have to be a minute and a half. It doesn't take more than 30 seconds to take four deep breaths and check in with yourself. I like that. That's true. That's and true. if you're counting your breaths, you can't be thinking about anything else. Yeah, totally. And I've, I've tried. Trust me. <laughs> I tried to prove it wrong and I couldn't. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I'm such a nerd. Okay. Before we go, I want you, you've mentioned your Substack, but I want you to tell us all what you have going on. You mentioned to me that you have a new book coming out. You've got a new podcast. So tell us all the things, how to follow you, where to reach you, how to learn more about Planet Butter before we sign off of this conversation that could probably go for two hours, but yeah, <laughs> I'm going to call it soon. So tell yeah. us everything you have going on. Thank you. Okay. Yes. As mentioned, I do have my Substack, and on the about page, you can see the different tiers of joining and what that means for you. And that's subs. What is it? No, it's planetbutter.substack.com. And then I have my Instagram, which is planetbutter. 
And I also have Self Friendship Podcast, which is also Instagram and the podcast is hosted on Substack, but it is also available on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get your podcast. And then I have my Planet Butter's first book coming out called Party of One, which I did shed a little light on just by chance with the disco ball of self-reflection acknowledgement at the beginning or wherever that was. And I'm super excited about that. It is a picture book. It is 500 words. It's a very easy breezy, fun, playful read. And I'm super excited. So the ebook is available this week, probably January 18th. And I don't know when this will be out, but it's available this week. Maybe by the time this is out, the hard copy version will be available. And I'm really excited. Awesome. I'm so excited for you. Now, for you guys listening, we're going to have all of those links in the show notes. And so that you can find the three core methods, you can find out where to get the ebook, and you can follow Blizzard in all the cool places. Join one tier of our Substack. Like you won't regret it. I know that we've had a few conversations, but I'm definitely going to because I love your message. I love your mission. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and having a conversation with me. It's been so much fun. Thank you for having me. I'm so again, so happy that we got to do this and it's always a joyful conversation with you. (laughs) It's never short on laughs. I'll give it that. (laughs) All right. If you guys have any questions for Blizzard or myself, please drop them in the comments and reach out to us with any questions that you have. We're here to answer and support you where you need it. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Have a great night. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go hit that follow button, subscribe, leave us a review. And if you're ready to change what mealtime looks like for you, breaking that cycle of chaos and having more fun in the kitchen, build some confidence and discover your love of cooking, schedule your free dish with Trish call at the link in the show notes. We'll chat a few minutes and you'll walk away with personalized strategies to take your mealtime routine from tired to inspired. See you next time.